Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It is incredible training for commercial real estate agents. Well, today we're talking with Hugh Kelly. He's a principal with Hugh Kelly Real Estate Economics. He's a CRE, CRE counselor. And we're talking about the economy and real estate and what's happening moving forward. What should we expect moving forward? And, and Hugh, um, we have the holidays coming up, right? And people are already starting the shop, you know, and consumer spending is a big part right, of our economy. Uh, you mentioned the segment before, we're, we're maybe a little over retailed on the sticks and bricks. What do you, where are we on consumer confidence and, and what do you expect there moving forward? Okay, consumer confidence is pretty high uh, and business con confidence is pretty high. It's come off its peak. Uh, Peak was prob probably uh, uh, a year or 18 months ago, uh, but it's, it's pretty high. Uh, and, you know, I think you, you look for the reasons why that is. Uh, I think there are three factors that, that drive uh, particularly the, the consumer confidence. Business confidence we should talk about. Uh, but consumer confidence, uh, you know, jobs, jobs, jobs get a 3.6, 3.7% unemployment rate where people feel like their job is secure, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, that makes people feel like they can spend the money that they earn. Right. Uh, second, you know, even though the stock market and the economy are not the same, it's a barometer that the general public looks at as the economy. It's not. But that's the way they look at it. And as long as we're seeing things like we've seen this week is new records, you know, uh, on the Dow, on the S&P 500, uh, you know, that makes people feel good. It gives them confidence. And, um, you know, the third, the third thing is the general sense of, of the news, right? And there, you know, if you look to see why it's come down a little bit, I think it's people saying, eh, there are things that are going on that cause me some worries. You mentioned tariffs and trade mm -hmm. as, as, as one of them. The impeachment probably has uh, a, an effect just in saying, well, what's going on? It's uncertainty. I don't know how it's going to uh, turn out. So uh, how does that play out in 2020? Yeah. You know, uh, I think on the jobs front, if my forecast and the, the CBO's forecast, more importantly, uh, turns, out, turns out to be approximately correct. That we see this deceleration in, in jobs from 200,000 to 125,000 and then below, then I think that has some issues on, on, on the confidence front. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, always the issue with, uh, with stocks is you know, it is not a tree that grows to the sky, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and that's where the business confidence comes in. Yeah. And if you look at the National Federation of Independent Businesses Confidence Index, that has been weakening over the course of, of, uh, uh, of this year. Uh, if you take a look at 
uh, the conference boards look at business, uh, business confidence, and more importantly, if you, if you uh, take a look at the uh, National Association of Purchasing Managers indexes, and you see what's happening in terms of how much investment people are putting in to their businesses. How, uh, if you take a look at uh, the impact of that on our productivity, uh, you begin to see that the cash that's being put into our future growth is getting smaller and smaller. And that, to me, is a great leading indicator. Yeah. If, if you see business fixed investment uh, in technology and in structures on the decline, which it is and has been, uh, that's a sign that the economy has, uh, 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 that, that business leaders have less confidence in the economy. Yeah. And I guess for consumer confidence, it helps too when the home values uh, are rising so much, uh, like they are in most parts mm -hmm. of the country. And, you know, the, the housing market is obviously a big part of, of our economy. Um, so what do you expect moving forward there? You know, housing is such a complex issue. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it, it almost is almost as a barbell story, right? Uh, uh, you know, you've got uh, in the hottest of, of, of markets, absolutely extraordinary prices such that you know, it's, it's prompted a lot of, of building on the luxury end uh, in the New Yorks and the San Francisco's, but not only there. You know, in the Dallas's and, 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 and in Atlanta, you see some of the product that's built, built here at the million dollar and up level, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's extraordinary. But then, in terms of the broad middle of, 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 uh, uh, of the housing market, you've got dislocations. People who own homes, particularly homes that were built, say, during the McMansion era, they're not finding much of a market for those homes mm -hmm. because the, uh, the, the Gen X and then the Gen Z people not only can't afford them you know, without, without the, loaner taking, uh, the owner taking a big loss on the sale, but they don't want them. Yeah. It's the wrong product. Right. And so we need to think about, for that middle market, building, and this is a challenge for the home builders, building the right size product, yeah. right, with the right features for that large, large market. Otherwise, I think the home ownership rate, which has dropped down from 69% back into the 64% area, could go back down uh, even lower. That's good for the multifamily sector. Yeah. That's good for the multifamily sector. Yeah. But it's not necessarily good for building wealth in the country. Yeah. Because that home ownership has been a great source of wealth. And then down at the other end, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans homeless, millions probably. And it's not just in the San Francisco's, the Seattle's, the Portland's, the New York's, you know, and, and, and the Washington's. I see it in the Austins. I see it. I was in Nashville two weeks ago. Homeless all over the street. Mm. All over. Nashville. Yeah. You see it in Denver. You know, I, I don't know that much about it. Atlanta. I haven't seen it, but you would know better. Yeah. Uh, but it, this is, uh, this is a, uh, uh, a, a disease in the country mm -hmm. that with our affluence, 
we have people without a bed to sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's a disaster. It is. And you mentioned um, business confidence uh, slowing down a little bit. And uh, you mentioned uh, tariffs. You know, are the trade wars and, and tariffs, um, is that why maybe some businesses are, are a little more concerned about investing in their businesses? And, and what does that, what do those mean? What do trade wars and tariffs mean for commercial real estate? What, what sector might be impacted? Well, clearly industrial. Yeah. Clearly logistics. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and the port cities that depend uh, uh, upon them. And the, uh, the, the, the corporate supply chain that's been built from around the world. So in a way, tariffs are uh, almost a Fortress America kind of strategy. Uh, uh, and they are a blunt instrument. They are not a scalpel on, uh, on, on our problems. They're certainly not laser surgery. And probably what we need is more laser surgery uh, in, in that. How is it affected, uh, uh, you know, the average American, the average, you know, so consumers? You know, should we see the persistence of, of tariffs into 2020 for an extended period of time? Rising prices on the on the imports are in effect, and so worries about inflation are another things that, that affect consumer confidence. Yeah. You certainly have industries that have been disrupted in terms of getting their uh, their materials uh, uh, into uh, uh, into the market. So we, we measure largely final demand, final goods. But there are a whole series of intermediate goods, right, that become part of the final part. Think of a car, right? Uh, you know, car is assembled at, at the plant, but the windows, the transmission, the engine, you know, the seats, they're all built somewhere else. Yeah. And, come, and so the, all those intermediate goods get affected, their prices uh, increase, and the, and the reliability of the supply chain get, gets there. So it's, it's, it's disruptive. I'd rather, I'd rather see uh, us use a greater scalpel or laser surgery on what our trade uh, issues are, rather than this very blunt instrument of tariffs. And this blunt interest instrument of tariffs is is it short term pain for long term gain possibly no 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 uh, the you know and, and I try to be as non political as I can uh, because you get you get thrown off in economic analysis mm -hmm. if you get too wrapped up in partisanship mm -hmm. but the assertion that trade wars are good and easy to win is one of the stupidest things that I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. They are not good. They're a throwback to the 19th century, to a different kind of economy, the mercantilist economy. And they are not easy to win. That's what we're finding out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned political. So what does this, these impeachment hearings and uh, kind of this uh, tug of war uh, a conflict that we have politically in this country today, and then, then the upcoming election um, of 2020. What does that mean for the economy and real estate moving forward, do you think? You know, I'm a, I'm a data guy. Mm -hmm. uh, it concerns me a lot 
and we heard this uh, in the summaries at the end of the last uh, of, of the scheduled impeachment hearings. Uh, both sides, quote, summarizing the facts. And the list of facts had nothing to do with one another. Right. <laughs> it was Daniel Patrick Moynihan, senator from New York, who said, you know, you're entitled, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts. Right. Uh, and this is why I think the, uh, uh, the, the political divide is so significant, is that we've begun to disagree on what the data is that we need to look at to make our decisions. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's disruptive. Yeah. And not only is it disruptive, it's corrosive. Uh, and so I think the, 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 the path looks fairly clear at this point. The House mm -hmm. votes articles of impeachment. Mm -hmm. The Senate does not vote to convict. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll stand, you know, at the end of February or so. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the damage hasn't been done. Right. Uh, and I worry that it's hard to have a conversation about major issues. You know, I mean, take, for example, infrastructure. We should have long since had an infrastructure bill that improved our productivity, that put those who have not been able to find work to work on things that are productive for the, for the economy. And we haven't because we can't agree to talk to one another. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's criminal. Right. And that, and not knowing what's going to happen, I mean, that, that real estate doesn't like Uncer that. Business doesn't, uncertainty. No, uncertainty. Yeah, it's un just. Un uncertainty. So, you know, uh, and we had kind of a mini recession in 2015 and 2016 because of uncertainty about what, what the election cycle was going to bring. Mm -hmm. And because of, if you remember the Republican debates, the, the rancor that was, that was in there before it even got to the general election. And, you know, I think in that uncertainty, people just pull back. And I, I think 2020 is going to be like, uh, like that in, in some respects. Yeah. Well, final question for you, Hugh. Um, where are some opportunities then as you, as you look forward into 2020? You know, uh, you a baseball fan? <laughs> sure. You remember a guy named we Willie Keeler, before either of us were born. I don't. So. We Willie, it's no Hall of Fame. Okay. His motto was, hit him where they ain't. <laughs> hit him where they ain't. And I think that that's, that's you know, the opportunities in real estate. You know, it is to look for, even in robust markets, uh, infill opportunities that have been, uh, been overlooked. Uh, I think uh, it is in a certain... Uh, category of suburbs that in emerging trends we called hipsterbias. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I don't know whether Mitch uh, Rochelle talked to you about that, but there are, you know, 
There are uh, some suburbs, like like the uh, Alpharetta suburb mm -hmm. that I, uh, I was touring yesterday. You know, it's vibrant. Mm -hmm. It's vibrant. It's, it's changing. I think that there, there are opportunities in, uh, uh, in, uh, in that. And adaptive reuse. Adaptive reuse, you know, particularly of buildings that have great bones. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, lofts that in uh, uh, close-in urban areas that can be used for last-mile delivery. Mm -hmm. I think that's an opportunity. I think even you know, in smaller semi-rural communities that have some of these old mill buildings, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Greenville, South Carolina, you know, a prime uh, example of, of, of a place that's taken that opportunity. And uh, you know, cities that have discovered ways to reinvent themselves. And you know, I know I said something bad about Nashville before, but Nashville's done something remarkable. Yeah. You know, I was I was there and you know, where all of the honky tonks are along Broadway. Well I was there in the in the eighties. That was totally derelict. Really? Totally derelict. Yeah. As Brooklyn was totally derelict, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, so we can we can work with uh, with distress. You yeah. can work with the stress. So, uh, you know, that, that's where I, I, I see opportunities. You know, uh, uh, you know, again, I'll reveal my New York bias. Uh, uh, New York had a, uh, a very, very corrupt political boss named Boss Tweed, right? Uh, and uh, he, had a, he had a lieutenant uh, who uh, died and is buried in Brooklyn's uh, Greenwood Cemetery. And his epitaph is, I seen my opportunities and I took them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll end it on that, Hugh. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. There you go. Great information, uh, and thank you for joining us out there on video on the podcast. Appreciate uh, you listening and watching to the show. Please connect with us on your social media, favorite social media. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.